Hey there, this is Dan Delta Collins. You're listening to Wandering DMs. Wandering DMs is broadcast live every Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time on twitch.tv slash wanderingdms and also youtube.com slash wanderingdms. And now, we hope you enjoy the show. everyone, welcome to Wandering DMs. I'm Paul. And yeah, I'm Dan. And with us, uh, joining us today is a very special guest, Mr. Luke Gygax, who is, of course, the head honcho of GaryCon, which is happening in a couple weeks. And he's also the CEO of found the Founders and Legends stream. And he's an awesome D&D designer in his own right. So, Luke, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, it's my pleasure, guys. Glad to be back here. Awesome. So we're going to talk to uh, Luke here about uh, the plans for GaryCon coming up and his own work. And we have the live chat uh, happening, so feel free to uh, pitch uh, questions at us and or Luke. And we, uh, if you're on YouTube, we do have the Super Chat available, so if the chat goes by really fast, throw your question in the Super Chat and we will be sure to get it to Luke live on air. Um, yeah, so, so GaryCon. So we, uh, you know, many of us now are thinking about going to a bunch of conventions for the first time in quite quite a while, and I think that Gary Con is kind of on the vanguard, the leading edge of like a, a big con getting back and people being comfortable with that. How is how is that shaping up this year, Luke? Well, I tell you what, it's been uh, very challenging times for conventions for every for, for the world. It's been very challenging, particularly for uh, conventions and Gary Con. If you remember, back in 2020, we were about two weeks away from Gary Con. When it was just clear the right decision was to was cancel physical convention and shift to uh, a virtual convention, and that was uh, an amazing feat. And so I have to thank uh, you know Matt Everhart and Jimmy Duffy and all the other guys who jumped in and helped make that shift to uh, virtual. Uh, but this year is so much the sweeter because once again we're you know right at the cusp. Uh, CDC this Friday, uh, you know, students for the masking guidance. Uh, so we're really very hopeful that uh, uh, people are going to decide to come. Uh, you know, we're about a little less than, than we're about 60% of, uh, of our largest convention, which is still very sizable. I think we're looking at 1,800 to 2,000 people uh, coming to GaryCon, uh, which is big uh, in, yeah. in Lake Geneva. Uh, Lake Geneva is a town of about 6,000 people, so having 2,000 <laughs> people in, in Lake Geneva is, is a big yeah. deal. Uh, and, and that's great. That's about the right size for the convention. Uh, and, you know, really the payoff for organizing a convention uh, is not the big bucks, uh, despite uh, what some people may think. It's really, it's really seeing uh, the smiles on the faces of all the people who are there and knowing that uh, you created a lot of joy and gave uh, a reason for, you know, something for people to look forward to. Uh, and just seeing that excitement in the air, uh, seeing uh, you know people hug each other in the hallways and, and, and smiles as they converse, make new friends, find their old friends, and kind of enjoy their gaming family. Yeah, that I think is. Yeah, I know, I, some some of our viewers may know that I am uh, on the board of a local gaming convention in Massachusetts. Uh, it's the Rising Phoenix Game Con it happens in April, and uh, I've been following a lot of this stuff as well, Luke. I have a, a lot of sympathy for where you're at right now. Um, 
you know, we, I know that board is predicting that, uh, that maybe people, because they're nervous and not sure, you know, we, we've seen the, the things change rapidly so often that we're just assuming that a lot of people are going to wait till the last minute and just like jump in. Uh, I don't know if you're anticipating that as well. Uh, obviously, we're we're hoping that uh, our little show here might uh, might help uh, that with that final boost. So uh, maybe you can maybe you can pop past that that sixty percent mark. Yeah, no, I, I think so. I think there'll be more walk-ins uh, this year uh, than in previous. Typically, we would come closer to selling out uh, in advance, mm. um, just, which is a real boon. Uh, but there's there's still people who are on the fence, and, and that's yeah. okay. You know, if you're not if you're not comfortable coming, whether you feel that it's too risky or you just are uncomfortable wearing a mask, I think it's okay to, to stay home. And I, I predict in three, four months, uh, I think we'll be pretty much past this as a pandemic, move to an endemic. But, but for now, Good. bringing yeah. people from a multitude of destinations, you know, across the country and potentially globally into uh, an area for a few days where you're going to be in close confines, uh, I just think it makes sense to you know, be vaccinated, Certainly have that uh, laboratory, you know, PCR test. I think is what those are called, and yep. to mask up. Yeah. Uh, you know, you just why not get you? Know, you you want a plus two to your save? Uh, well, yes, I do. Okay, then put the mask on. Right? <laughs> that, is, that is a great analogy. Uh, just just for the sake of anyone watching this, Luke, uh, if if I'm someone who's thinking like maybe I want to go to GaryCon, I'm not sure. I want to wait until uh, the last possible minute. When is the last possible minute? When can I uh, decide? <laughs> What are well, the deadlines? You, you can come. There'll be badges uh, available uh, on site, so we'll we allow okay. walk-ins. So you can, you can walk in. Uh, and part of uh, part of the philosophy of GaryCon is we want people to play games. So mm. If there is an empty seat at a, at a table, uh, walk up and sit down and play. There's no additional fee or you know almost. I think there's a fee for a couple different games that may have special prizes or be in a location that, that has costs associated with it, additional costs. Mm -hmm. But 98% of the events have no additional cost. We put uh, there's a little pizza, it's like a pizza holder, a menu holder, a little metal aluminum stick with a, you put a card in, a green yeah, card means yeah. the game's open, there's an open seat, we've just started, feel free to walk in and, and play. Or a red card is up and that means, oh, hey, we're already full. But you can just go walk into a room Look, oh hey, there's people accepting a player. Hey, what are you guys playing? Oh, grab, you know, grab a chair. Here's a character. Boom, let's go. Uh, there's, you can do that. Uh, one year, uh, a guy who comes to Gary since the beginning, great, great guys, a friend of mine, from Sketch. Uh, I think he was terribly ill during registration, and even though he had like a, a, a very important gamer badge, he didn't register for anything prior to GaryCon. Hmm. and uh, he ended up going commando that year. Is what he calls it. He just didn't register for any events, and he just walked into games. <laughs> and uh, that's, that's one of his, that was one of his best years, and so he's done it in subsequent years, just said, yeah, you know what, uh, I'm going to see what the fates have for me, and I'm just awesome. going to walk into games. That's fantastic. Uh, so you can do that. Yeah, the open registration was yesterday, uh, okay. so uh, registra event registration started yesterday for everybody. Uh, so if you want to go buy a badge at play.verycom.com, uh, you can do so and register for events. Uh, I think we have plenty of events. We typically have more events than, than, than players, it's a boom, so we have wonderful, wonderful game masters uh, who come and, and, and run all sorts of great games. So, yeah, if you're interested, come. If you're a little bit further away, travel is something that you want to do, you can still go to that same place, play.verycom.com, and come to GaryCon virtually. Awesome. Virtual component again. 
Great, great. Awesome. I was going to ask about whether you were we were still having that um, or not. So that is a nice that is a nice option. Do you, do you know if there like if people did want to come? And obviously the I don't think we've said the convention is actually March twenty fourth to twenty seventh of this year for DairyCon fourteen. Uh, do you know if there's still spots in the resort for people to stay at, or is that filled up at this point? The resort filled up very quickly uh, this year, so that's that's something that, that goes quickly. Now, we, sometimes we'll get cancellations as you get closer. Yeah. Uh, so I would look around, honestly, a short drive away. There's several uh, hotels in, in Lake Geneva and even a town called Elkhorn uh, that you can get to within 10 minutes. Uh, and be at the convention, and of course, look for you know a few days out. Look for those, those swoop in and, and get a room on site or, or right next door. Uh, but yeah, it, it built up the the hotels had some, some trouble renovating in the middle of in the middle of the pandemic. Supply chain issues shortened some of the stock of rooms as well. So a little bit of a double whammy. Got it. Got it. Fascinating. Fascinating. Um, you know, one thing I, I, th I, I saw, and I, I don't know if this is new because it, it seemed new to me, is the way that you've got registration running. Um, obviously, you have different badge levels, and uh, people have been signing up for events at the platinum gold level in prior weeks. And I think that event registrations were just generally opened up yesterday, I think. Uh, for both uh, the in-person and the, the virtual events. And I thought it was interesting that you keep a percentage of the seats reserved for later tiers. So even if someone is getting in uh, you know, a little bit later than the first starters at the, at the silver level right now, even your most premier events still have some seats that are, that are kept open for people to have access to even now. Is that right? That's true, and and uh, we listen. Yeah, running a convention has there's ups and downs, and, and as you try things, you get feedback from people, and, and so uh, it was great. Some people wanted to have uh, you know upper tiers provide more income, you know, more pay pay a higher fee, help support the convention, uh, so that we could have all these fun things like the happy hours and all that all sort of good stuff and parties and bringing guests, etc. Uh, and so it's a said, okay, well, what can we do to repay that? Well, we can. If them either we registered everybody registered at the same time and we had events that were considered you know special events or a regular event people didn't like that because the gms were like hey wait no one can get into my event it's not a special event they have to and yeah. one and we get one of these they're like ah, profits work okay well how can we arm wrestle through this one we tried various systems and we said okay well we'll just you get a week earlier you get first pick well then obviously certain games filled up immediately with the diamonds and platinum etc and other folks like, wow, this isn't fair. I said, how can we do this? Well, how about we will release, you know, a quarter of them, a quarter of every game will be open for this level, then 50%, and 75%, and 100%, so that you have a shot, no matter what uh, badge you purchase, you have a shot of getting into the game with whatever person you think is, you know, whether it's a, you know, you know Mike Merle's game, or a Tim Cash game, or whatever, maybe, wherever you want to, wherever you think is the one. I think that's nice. Is that that's new this well. year? No, we did that for we did that in 2019 at least. Okay. Uh, I think, yeah, I think Dave and Skip are my event managers. Dave Cohn and Skip Williams, and and uh, uh, they arm wrestled with that back and forth and say, okay, well, this is maybe a little bit more egalitarian way of, of doing it. You know, the, uh, you know, there's still an advantage for the folks who are in the very important gamer tiers as opposed to just a, a regular, you know, uh, silver badge. Everybody gets a shot at it. Sure, you're competing with a few more people at, at certain levels, but 
uh, it's still available, and we thought that was a good solution. And generally, people are satisfied. Cool. Generally. Cool. I mean, never make everybody happy. I've learned that. Uh, that's, I, what? Really? <laughs> yeah. No matter what, you're, you're always going to get it. Um, <clears throat> I've got a, a quick funny story running a convention. Just, you know, you think, oh, you know, it's great. People are coming to have a good time. What, you know, how, how hard could it be? Uh, yeah, it was Gary Conde, it was before tabletop.events uh, came out, which is a wonderful uh, convention management. You got me? Or good? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is a wonderful convention management uh, uh, tool that we use to man- you know, help manage the convention. But we didn't have that then. And, and gosh, we, we tried this new system and it had crashed. It had melted down. There was, there was all sorts of problems. And uh, during that very stressful time, uh, one attendee, you know, posted on the, I think it was a Facebook group or, or something, social media, and said, oh, you know, Gary Khan, they cheat me every year. They're like the worst. I'm like, I said, what, how do we, how do you cheat you? I get an early bird badge. So it's a discounted badge. If you bought it before a certain time, we used to give you a discount, right? And we would give you a free stadium cup, these handy dandy stadium cups that give you $1 sodas all convention long, right? You fill $1 soda all convention long. He's like, I get this, you know, the, I buy this cup with this badge and I can't, they never have soda for me. I'm like, what do you mean we don't have soda for you? He's like, well, I need a non-cola, decaffeinated, sugar-free soda because for whatever reasons, yeah, whatever medical, right. that's what he needed. I'm like, so you want water, right? <laughs> so want water. <laughs> but I found him. I found it. I was like, okay. I was like, all right, you're not going to get me. I'm going to, you know. <laughs> I called the hotel and I got a, a case of Diet Sierra Mist. And so wow. it was available at the bar. And I, and I said, because they don't carry it typically. So I just right. said, okay, diet yeah. Sierra Mist. It's not, it's, you know, it's no sugar. It's, you know, sugar-free, caffeine-free, and it's not a cola. Boom, there you go. I said, just go to the bar. They will have it there for you special. So, <laughs> that's that's amazing. If you can never make anybody happy. Free cup, no. You don't have soda. You're ripping me. That's really going above and beyond. You know, it, it, there's a particular size of convention. And, I mean, the time that we went to GaryCon, we felt it was right in the zone of, like th- this feels intimate and it feels good that you you know it's even possible for what you did in that case to even be a possibility and something like uh gen con is just such a mammoth event that you can't you can't hope for uh to, to pay attention to individual customers like that yeah it's just two op you kind of opposite ends of the spectrum i mean gen con uh, which my dad started in lake geneva obviously Gene- the geneva convention gen con uh, uh, you know, has grown from what 100 people in the first year in 1968, I think, up to gosh, did they have 70,000 at their height pre COVID? I think it was somewhere in that tune, right? So yeah. that's that's mammoth, and you go there because everybody is there, people debut all the new stuff, so it's it's fantastic in its own right. Um, and then GaryCon is meant to be more of a family environment where that you know, maybe it's not your, your actual relatives, but it's your, your gamer family that you choose to go have this reunion with in a nice resort uh, and focus on, the focus is really on gaming. Sure, there's there's a wonderful vendor hall with tons of talented people, some you know, many great artists that, that come. Uh, in fact, I think Larry Elmore, Gary Khan is the only convention Larry Elmore is oh, really? coming to anymore. Hmm. Yeah, you know, he's a little bit older and he doesn't wanna, he just doesn't wanna get out on the convention scene and hustle anymore, but, uh, you know, Gary Khan feels very comfortable to him. And I think a lot of people feel that way. Uh, and you're right. You can walk down the hallway and I'll recognize, you know, I can recognize who's there. Even at about 2,500 people, that's about as big as it can really get. And mm-hmm. I think, and still kind of kind of feel that way. 
Um, but yeah, it, it's great. Like I said, I've made friends with people who've come there since GaryCon 1. It's been a wonderful way for me to form friendships as well as so many other people. It's their annual trip together. Um, industry people will come there just to play. Not That's to great. Work. Yeah. Speaking of folks like Ari Elmore, I mean, you have a fairly long list of uh, special guests showing up this year. Maybe, maybe you could like drop a couple names about some of the people that are, that will be there and like running events and stuff. Sure. So uh, I guess I'll start with the the older school uh, older school folks who are coming there. Uh, Legends of Wargaming. Uh, Paul Stormberg, uh, since the very early days, put together Legends of right. Wargaming, and uh, you know we've had uh, you know Jeff Perrin who. Uh, design chainmail with my dad. Health permitting, Jeff Perrin will be there this year. Uh, we had uh, Dave Wesley, who's uh, the guy who did Bronstein, which is sort of the spark that gave rise to uh, the medieval Bronstein that Dave Arneson put together, which became Blackmore, which showed to my dad and coupled with chainmail kind of was the genesis for Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Mike Carr, who's been to every single Gen Con, he was an editor, early editor DD, and as a teenager, he made this game called Fight in the Skies or Dawn Patrol. Uh, he's there. Uh, Dave McGarry is not there this year. Typically, he does come. He's the guy who designed Dungeon, um, which, honestly, I never knew was a contemporary yeah. of Dungeons and Dragons. It, it, what I, assumed, I always assumed it came afterwards. But from talking to Dave, he's like, no, no, uh, you know, I was playing in Dave Arneson's game. <clears throat> and he was, you know, he, I couldn't play as much as I wanted to, but I didn't want to run the game. So I want I created a game where we we could go through and and, and play without a without a, a game master you know a referee I guess is what they would have called it back then yeah. the term game master and dungeon master didn't, didn't exist yet uh, so those are some of our our old school guests oh Tim Cask is going to be there first editor of Dragon uh, uh, Tom Wom great uh, uh, I know him as a game designer and, and cartoonist uh, the guy who drew the Beholder and the Monster Manual as well uh, Tom's a, like an uncle. James M. Ward uh, will be there that created uh, Metamorphosis Alpha, which is the first uh, science fiction role-playing game. Uh, let's see, Jeff Easley, another great old artist, will be there. Um, Errol Otis comes every year now, who's known for his iconic art. art, art uh, not, not easy for me to say, iconic <laughs> art. Uh, and I think he's going to do art for Gary Khan 15. So I talked to Errol okay. Seth, I'm excited about that. Uh, yeah, so so that's on the old school side. And then uh, on a little bit newer school side, we have uh, guys like uh, Mike Murrells coming back this year. Uh, my friends, uh, you know, uh, Matthew Lillard and Joe Manganiello will be there. Uh, geez. Uh, yeah, so <laughs> there's just a couple. There's a, there's, there's a few names. Uh, Charles Urbach on the art side is a little bit newer. A newer artist, really, really talented and great. Super nice guy. Um, we'll be there. So yeah, we have a lot of a lot of great guests. Uh, Jolly Blackburn is always always there. Yeah. I think I think someone told me recently Satin Phoenix is going to be there, right? Yes. Yes. again. Satine's great friend of mine, and I'm so so happy for her. Uh, uh, she is getting married uh, to Jameson Stone, who's another. Uh, I've met him more recently. Great guy. They're just a beautiful couple together, and they asked me to preside over their wedding. So I'm very excited to be able to do that. I've uh, got my uh, universal church uh, uh, you know, ministry uh, so I can officiate, and I'm having I'm having a special uh, a special costume made the the Gary Con Wizard, which uh, over here we have the little bust that Jeff Easley 
did for Gary Con three. It's a uh, it's a wizard, right? And, and I'm having those robes, uh, that costume made into robes, so I can marry them in garb on Thursday, uh, the twentieth, right there in the in the main uh, lobby area. There's like a little bar and restaurant in there. Uh, we're gonna do it there, and uh, we're gonna stream it as well. So uh, that's that's amazing. That's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah. We had uh, we had uh, both Jameson and Satine on the show uh, last year. Last year, yeah. around About yeah. a year ago. Yeah, yeah, great, great, great folks. Uh, yeah. Very. That's that's super cool. Very uh, warm. Very warm. Interesting. That's gonna be streamed. I'll have to uh, I'll have to really? tune in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's, we're we're gonna do it live, man. It's gonna that's, be great. That's and, awesome. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so I have some ideas for the for the uh, the vows, or you know, mm-hmm. they want to keep it fairly simple, not not yeah. too drawn out. I was just gonna say, marriage. <laughs> <laughs> excellent, excellent. And I'll say, like, I felt like you know, reading the the guest list for for GaryCon this year. I mean, about half of the people on the list have been guests on this show, actually. So I feel very close to the overall GaryCon oeuvre. Um, and if, if viewers of this show are fans of the guests that we've had on, Gary Khan is like about the best opportunity to actually like meet those folks and possibly play with them in a game or something like that. Uh, you're, you're talking about Dave McGarry in his dungeon game, and, and that's very much on our mind because two weeks back we had on uh, Greg Svensson and Dan Boggs, who uh, are you know friends and pe- work with Dave McGarry pretty closely to talk about a dungeon that uh, Greg made back in 1973 before D&D was actually published and then handed it off to Dave McGarry to run as DM and Dave McGarry lost it and then it, it uh. right yeah and then it, <laughs> right and but it, but they found it 40 years later so th- so apparently Dan pr- prompted Mc- Dave to look through his file boxes and they were like oh this is the this is the this is the famous lost dungeon so if, if you're interested in that kind of stuff look at the uh, the episode 2 weeks back with uh, Greg and Dan so uh, just really fascinating stuff where that where that came out of an interesting archival work of people even now discovering you know where the roots of this came from from different people yeah. and and i guess uh also, there will be Pat Kilbane uh, at Gary Cod, and he will be debuting uh, the Dreams in Gary's Basement, which is his long-delayed uh, uh, look at my dad's life biography uh, that he raised money for on a Kickstarter a few years ago. COVID hit, and uh, he ended up doing a lot of the work himself <laughs> during COVID yeah. to be able to produce yeah. this thing. And uh, so that'll be there. Of course, Mike Whitwer, who wrote the biography Empire of Imagination, will also also be at GaryCon. So, uh, and I, you know, I'm not sure if John Peterson is going to be there this year. Oftentimes he is, he usually flies under the radar anyway. He does. Show. Yeah, he does. Yeah. He's a huge friend of, of, of this show. We love John Peterson to death. We have him on at least once a year. And yeah, he, 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 he's, he, 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 he does, he does fly under the radar. Just like you just said, he's very stealthy. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> but he'll be there and you can pick him out of a crowd. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it just dawns on me that, like, um, you know, with with um, you know, coming back from from uh, being virtual and and COVID impact and whatnot, that if the if the attendance is at all suppressed this year, that probably makes it actually like a great year to go. And uh, I think if anyone's not not watching, there's there's a certain you're, Luke, you're talking about sort of like the right size of convention, and that that really strikes a chord for me. Uh, I've certainly been to the big, you know, 30, 40, 50,000 person conventions, but there's a special place in my heart for those, you know, 2,000 plus or minus conventions or even the little local ones that are like less than 1,000. Just they're so much more intimate, right? You get to know people, you know, reach out and touch them. 
Uh, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's like a homecoming, right? It's like a, like a, like a reunion, practically, I feel like, going to those things. It is. It's, it's a family reunion, because uh, I actually will see my family, and uh, uh, so for me, it's really a family reunion with my actual family, my gamer family, and a lot of the old, old school guys were like uncles to me, you know, mm. Tim Cass, more than these guys. They've known me since I was knee-high. Um, and honestly, I've struck up some really wonderful friendships with a lot of the, the guests, you know, the other folks who come there. And I've, I've, I know they're, they're in my circle now. They're the people that I can yeah. just call and, and you know, shoot I the mean, breeze with if you want to. It's, 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 kind of, it's kind of like like what birthed our show, right, Dan? I yeah, mean, that's, right. that's yeah. uh, you know, we thought we, uh, we want to talk to each other once a week. Yeah. And uh, I guess maybe we can turn on cameras. <laughs> 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 and yet, and now here we are. And I, I imagine Gary Tom must be similar for you, Luke, of just like, you want to game yeah. with your friends once a year. Eh, I guess some other people could come. <laughs> right. That's, that's kind of what it was, is uh, we, we thought, gosh, when my, when my father passed away on March 4th of 2008, I was shocked at the outpouring of people who contacted us and, and told us how important he was to them, even if they didn't know him, right? Yeah. Uh, that he was, you know, had impacted their life and that they would miss him, that they regretted not knowing him. And some actually got in their cars or whatever and drove to Lake Geneva just to pay respects, just to, just to, just to be there. And uh, we had a smaller funeral and I thought, well, what can we do for people who wanted to gather, who mm. are coming into Lake Geneva? So I rented the uh, American Legion Hall, which is the site of well, some early early Gen Con was there, and, and like your smaller conventions that I that I liked so much, like an Autumn Revel or Winter Fantasy, things like that. They're two three hundred people, right, yeah. in the seventies. And uh, we played the D and D cartoon. We played the Futurama episode that my dad was in. Right. Uh, we had a little podium set up where people could come and share a favorite story about my dad. We had some food and drink uh, that people brought, and we played games. And people had fun. And uh, I think Harold uh, Johnson, who's a guest at Gary Khan as well. Again, I forget these guys are guests. <laughs> but Harold Johnson is a TSR guy. He wrote some things for D&D. Great guy. Very nice. And he said, hey, Luke, this was, this was so much fun. Uh, what a great way to honor your dad. You should do it again next year. And I think I was talking to Jolly Blackburn, uh, who said, hey, uh, he's like, yeah, you can call it Gary Khan. And I didn't realize at that time that uh, in Knights of the Dinner Table that Jolly writes, uh, the main you know game designer character is Gary Jackson, which is a cross between my dad, Gary Gygax, and Steve Jackson, the American Steve Jackson game designer. And so they have a Gary Con, which is their Gen Con in, in their world. So, uh, so I said, okay, great. And I figured I would throw a game day and 50 or 100 people would show up uh, the next year. And I think about almost 200 people showed up. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then it was, that's it. Then we were just off to the races. Yep. And, yep. That's great. From day game day to four days of gaming and, and with a few thousand people. I'm awesome. going to throw up a comment a couple of minutes ago from uh, Joe Bing here, um, who says, uh, this guy, Joe himself, isn't on the fence. I'll be there. Hey, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> so there's a, there, there's a lot of excitement around that, and that's, that's really nice to see. Yeah. 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 yeah no, there's, I mean, there's, there's people who won't miss Gary Khan. For whatever reason, <clears throat> I don't know. I think for the most part, if you've if you've been to Gary Khan, I, I think you will. I mean, I'm biased, right? I'm biased. <laughs> I think if you come to Gary Khan, you're going to have a good time. You're going to like it, and you're going to want to come back. I think that's the experience for the vast majority of people. Again, you can't make everybody happy. I understand that, but 
But by and large, the team works really hard to give a good value and be welcoming and put on, you know, quality events, you know, be good, be kind to our GMs and, and, and welcoming to everyone. So it's a great environment and everybody's there to have fun. I think that's important. It's like, I want people to be able to walk up and talk to other people to feel comfortable to walk up to the table and say, hey, what are you guys playing? Because that's how I remembered the conventions when I was in the 70s. I was just a little kid, but I'd walk in and be like, hey, what do you guys, can I join in? And, you know, sometimes they said, hey, beat it, kid. But most of the time, people were nice <laughs> and let me sit down and play a game. And I really enjoyed that. Uh, and so I want to keep that kind of thing going because I went to other conventions and I won't name any, but I walked up to tables. I was like, hey, what are you guys playing? And they just kind of gave me a funny look like, why are you talking to me? And I was like, okay, just looked like maybe maybe there is an extra seat here. You want? And they're like, like Get away, dude. And I was like, okay. That sucks. Well, I That's uncomfortable yeah, I, I and was, yeah. awkward and frankly stupid. <laughs> well, but you know, but but maybe that's how maybe I just have a, a rosier, rosier glasses from, from when I was from a different era, from a different era of, of what it was about. But uh, but there's no reason not to to want to bring that back and to say, hey, it's okay. And 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 also you've mentioned, hey, it's a good time to go and sit down and play a game with maybe some designers or whatever. And yeah, you, you can do that at, at GaryCon. Um, and my friend Thomas Valley, uh, who helps me out with websites and stuff like that, he said, uh, he described GaryCon as uh, the lowest uh, wizard to muggle ratio uh, <laughs> at, at gaming conventions. So if you're just a muggle, you have a chance to like, you know, go and talk to the wizards or whatever. That's great. That's was. great. Yeah. And it felt, in our experience, that, that very much felt like the chemistry of GaryCon. That's awesome. So really good opportunity for people to still get in that either physically at, uh, at, uh, in Lake Geneva or, or virtually with what you call the ethereal event. So I am really hope people, additional people, if they're on the fence, as Paul said, it couldn't be a better time to really? get in and have yeah. a little bit extra breathing room, actually, for, uh, for good events to get in. Now, I want to ask a couple things about, so you, Luke, your uh, professional life is going to uh, adjust. So if it's okay to ask a couple personal questions, I'd like to do that. So yeah, I think sure. you're going to have kind of a big career change happening this year. Is that right? What are you, what are you planning on focusing on um, uh, in the middle part of this year? Yeah, so uh, I retire from uh, the military in, at the end of August. So I'm going to uh, go move to the retired roles. I've been either active duty or reserve for 33 years. So it's a, a major, major shift, but I'm going to hang up the uniform and uh, uh, I'm going to focus on uh, A, enjoying my family and getting some work-life balance and be able to spend uh, time developing uh, my creative work. So I've got, uh, you know, I've written a few modules over the years for Gary Khan and have a little uh, setting that I'd like to put a little bit more uh, hang a little bit more meat onto the onto the bones, and get it out there for for people to see. Uh, I do have some of those modules available on Drive Through RPG. So if you're interested, if you're anyone watching is interested in finding out a little bit more about the world of Okram, uh, you can go to Drive Through RPG, search Gygax, and there'll be a few modules. Let, let's talk about that. So I, so okay. So uh, this, here's one um, comment I'll throw up before we get to your your work on Okram, which I'm personally very interested in. Yeah, yeah. Our viewer uh, Stephen Wendell uh, is saying, I noticed the beard is not regulation. <laughs> yeah, yes, it's true. This this I'm not in the uh, uh, I don't know like the Dutch army or something like that. So uh, no, uh, I, I'm on my way out the door. But uh, yeah, when I'm uh, uh, when I'm uh, going to work, this 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 will be gone. 
Gotcha. gotcha. I'm going to grow back in August. Gotcha. Well, we're we're pro facial hair on this show, <laughs> am I right, Paul? That's true. This is That's true. We're currently. I mean, my my whole beard was a result of our streaming for right. some. I think I was trying to grow it up for a character I was playing on a screen. <laughs> it just it just stuck around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you, you can't get exceptions. You can't get exceptions to regulation. I could have a religious accommodation. I could have a shaving profile. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But there's plenty of reasons to say. But yes, typically if you're on duty in uniform, this beard would not be considered uh, great. I mean, you were telling us before the show that you were you were talking to someone who's surpri- who was surprised that Gary Con wasn't your full time year round job. Oh yeah, no, uh, I was I was doing a uh, shooting a tutorial for uh, Steamforge's game, a new game that's coming out, or Bard Sun. They kickstarted it, and it's it's coming out here very very shortly. Uh, which I wrote a scenario for, which was a lot of fun. Uh, anyway, uh, and I think uh, during a break, the sound guy heard me talking about uh, the military, and he's like, he's like, he's like, or, or, he's like, wait, did Gary Khan's not your Gary Khan's a side hustle for you? I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I have, Gary Khan's all, all side stuff. My real, he's like, what's your real job? He's like, I'm in, I'm in the military. He's like, oh my gosh, he's like, I didn't know that. That's I'm like, a lot. I was like, actually, it, it has been a lot, and, and uh, I'm really welcoming uh, retirement so that I can focus on. Spending a little bit more time. I've uh, three relatives. They're getting older, but still young daughters, 14, 11, and 8. And obviously my wife is, uh, you know, and they have sacrificed a lot uh, for me to be able to not only be in the, you know, uh, in the military as a full-time National Guardsman for the past many years, but also to run GaryCon, which is a year-round process and takes a whole lot of time and make appearances, go to conventions, that sort of thing. So most of my off time, most of my vacation time for the past several years has been uh, going to conventions or preparing for Gary Khan and, and that sort of thing. So really, really looking forward to getting some work-life balance back and spending some more time with my family. That's awesome. great. That's great. That's fantastic. Thank you for that. So um, well, I'm sure we'll have some links to whatever of Luke's work is available uh, online uh, in the in the uh, description of this video on it's YouTube. In there right now. Yep. Yep. Great. So so definitely check that out. Um, I'd love to dig into that, Dan. Do you that. Were, you had some uh, specific questions. I mean, the, the thing that 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 came to mind for me is Dan and I recently introduced a segment to this show where we live try to uh, populate an entire dungeon in one show in two hours. Uh, it, it's it's a little frenetic. Uh, it happens, uh, but that's actually had us uh, really evaluate our process of yes. how we go about building dungeons. And and so since we have you here, Luke, I'd love to hear from you. Like, what's what's your process like? How do you go about? Are you using random charts? Are you uh, intentionally placing things? What do you what? How do you build a dungeon these days? And I got a couple images of uh, his <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, there. Okay, if okay. you um, move on, the... yeah, absolutely. So. Uh, Oh yeah, the Aishin Tufi. So Aishin Tufi, uh, that one's a little bit different. I was working with uh, Matt Everhart, who uh, helped me out with the virtual stuff. Great guy. I met him through uh, uh, doing virtual GaryCon. Thank goodness, because when the pandemic hit, he was able to pick up and, and run. So great guy. Also Air Force officer. Uh, so no good dude. Uh, but uh, yeah, this one we wrote uh, purposely uh, to be run, we were thinking, well, do we want to run it at Gary Con? So we, we made it just like a kind of a four-hour chunk. Uh, we have a longer story arc. I said, let's try to chunk it out in about four hour, about four, you know, you could run it a little longer, but make it achievable in four hours, uh, 5e style. And uh, uh, this one we're planning on doing in three parts. We got the Hardish and Tufi, which is coming up uh, next. 
which we may actually end up kickstarting simply uh, because uh, is that this one's a lot. Like, no, it hasn't come out yet. Oh, that's coming. It would be part two of the blue. I'm looking yeah. at very yeah. small yeah. versions yeah. of these yeah. images. Yeah. Sorry, everyone. <laughs> yeah, and the art the art on this is really wonderful. That's a. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Michael Siragos who did the right. art for me on this. A uh, really talented uh, guy who I haven't met in person yet, uh, just because of uh, you know. Uh, COVID and all that sort of stuff. And I think you had the next one up there, which is the search for Darwa's temple, if I remember right. It was the next image you were going to show. Yeah, yeah. Yes. That is, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah, that's that's actually a Michael Siragos uh, piece of artwork as well that we used for GaryCon 13. That is the big bad evil guy from that dungeon, a uh, uh, fire elemental lord, and looks like a fire gin or genie there, uh, battling uh, 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 one of the uh, Musri characters in uh, the world of Okram, the kind of blue, the blue men of the desert there. Uh, I guess that would be a female one, so it wouldn't be a man. Uh, blue people uh, of the desert. Uh, and, and so he did a nice, nice job there. This is a uh, conversion of the fifth edition uh, adaptation of the very first Okram module that I created in 2013. I was recently back from a deployment to Iraq and kind of that environment was in my mind. I was in southern Iraq, which was really hot and terrible, standing outside and it's 129 degrees and body armor is no fun. And I wanted to uh, I wanted to give people I thought, hey, you know what, we're talking about fighting monsters. Man, if you're wearing metal armor, it's like 125 degrees outside, that's gonna suck. And yeah. you, you know, there should be some environmental challenges. So I thought, okay, that's fun. My wife is Moroccan, so uh, I took some of the environment, uh, you know, some a little bit of Iraq, a little bit of Sumeria, some Moroccan uh, features. Asked her for, hey, how do you say this in Arabic or whatever? Yeah. And, and 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 that was my design. So this has been this is a tournament module, so it's kind of in two parts that are about three and a half to four hours in length that go together. So it's again less sandboxy uh, than uh, so most of my writing has been with uh, the purpose of GaryCon in mind, like, hey, you can play these at GaryCon. And so therefore, I have constructed them to be a little bit less open-ended and a little bit more, uh, you know, a little bit more try to, try to get you yeah. from, to complete the module in, in, in a one gaming session, each chunk, you know, uh, is a this is a tournament module. So there was yeah. round one and round two. Dan and I talk uh, about I that uh, a lot on this show about the differences between mm -hmm. sort of designing for uh, what we say convention play for that that kind of standardized four hour block versus campaign play where you're just playing across a you know who knows how long exactly. right every 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 Thursday night for forever. Um, so it's really interesting to hear that you're designing specifically for convention stuff. Do you, do you get to do the other side of the fence much? Uh, do you want to? I, uh, I haven't. Like I haven't yet. Yeah. I haven't yet, but. I'm looking, I'm thinking, well, these are great stories. And I, I, when I started writing this first one, uh, I, uh, in 2013, I was working with uh, Jim Ward, uh, who's co-author with me on this one. And I was like, okay, boom, here you go. And I wrote this like long introduction, like, you know, five pages of like, you know, box text or whatever. He's like, okay, <laughs> no one's here in a convention. You get maybe a couple <laughs> paragraphs. You gotta, you know, cut you cut that down, bro. Yep, yep. And you're trying to put in like so many encounters and this character and you know this other, you know. He's like, mm -mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, a little bit more streamlined. You just kind of like, okay, you got maybe four or five things you can do. Really, yep. you know, maybe a branch here, uh, but then it's got to bring him in a little bit later so that you don't get in this time crunch. And 
And so there's, there's, you have to be, you have to think out a little bit of, of where you want to go. But I have at heart some ideas of a larger, you know, that larger uh, campaign play. So I might, if people are interested in it, and that's what I want to gauge, if people are interested in this, I'll spend the time to, you know, write the primer, develop up some of these other personages in, in, in the, the undersea. You know, Shintufi, in my mind, is Greyhawk and uh, Lankmar and a bit of flavor from, like, was it um, Denarius Targaryen or whatever, uh, the, the, from um, Game of Thrones, the old kind of decrepit uh, cities that were very corrupt. So you kind of mix in those flavors, and that's what the city of Shintufi is about. Um, I guess I can give a couple minutes out. So, all right. Please. So you talked about how I come up with, 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 yeah. with designing something, yeah. right? Yeah, we'd love to hear it. So I was sitting down. I hadn't written a module in a long time. The last thing I worked on was the Lost City of Gaxmore, which had been like 2000. And I'd been focused on you know uh, other things in my career. And I was like, okay, well, Gary Khan's going. It's like Gary Khan 3 or 4. I need to write something for it. And we're going to do the Gary Khan tournament. And uh, so I was like sitting there like, what am I going to write on? And I thought, well... I couldn't think of anything, so I decided. So I kind of came up with a world idea, and then scoped down to, to one adventure. So I was like, "Hmm, there is this ancient, uh, you know, empire, the Adrisid Empire, and they were masters of elemental magic. So essentially, they had technology, but they leveraged elemental, you know, elemental forces to do it. So they, you know, they have these. They built these great cities. They use earth elementals to, you know, uh, uh, sanitation in. They have these towers that are six hundred feet tall." Again, because they can they can sculpt it using elemental magics. They can you know water. They're on waterways, etc. Uh, you know, have ships that can fly through the air with you know, powered by you know air elementals harnessing that magic, etc. Uh, and this was you know three thousand years ago. Uh, they but there was a schism. To you know, they basically were arguing about who was going to be the the next leader of this majocracy, and they split off, had civil war. They kept summoning. Tougher and tougher, uh, you know, elementals uh, and, and demons and things into this war, and essentially they called up the wrong uh, being uh, through. Uh, <laughs> you know, they rolled really high on their on their roll, and they ended up pulling in you know uh, one of the royal members of the uh, elemental plane of fire who did not cotton to uh, being summoned, and basically, you know, rained uh, fire and and. Uh, you know, all sorts of fire and brimstone out around them, which destroyed the land and created a place called the Blighted Lands, uh, which is essentially, you know, nuclear wasteland, a magical nuclear wasteland, right? Shintuki was spared. Uh, it, the people were killed, right? But the building still stands. So it's one of the only places that still has all the marvels of the Adrisic Empire. Other peoples have moved into it and occupied it. They don't, by and large, understand uh, or don't have the ability to use all the features of of the city uh so there's a dichotomy between the you know blue mud huts uh that are built over you know over the over and around much of uh, what is shintufi uh and then there's certain powerful people who actually have unlocked and know how to use the elemental magic and they're kind of your oligarchs they're your folks who are very very powerful they're called xenics and in the blighted lands there's various mutated creatures and things that are magically mutated. So it's kind of, uh, you know, I was with Jim Ward. I was like, oh, it's got, you know, science fantasy. So that's kind of the, <laughs> uh, the background there. Uh, and there's various races and, and creatures and things of that nature that uh, I have notes on, but have not been 
fully fleshed out. But in a nutshell, uh, that's kind of uh, the background. I see the city of Shantufi is kind of like a Bosphorus place where it's at the crossroads of east and west. And I wanted to give people an opportunity to bring maybe their character, you know, their players who've been maybe in a more traditional fantasy setting, Western, you know, mythos. There, give them a reason. Hey, there's these cities buried in the sand. There's this all sorts of cool treasure and magic. Come over and explore, and they get to see a little bit of a different uh, exposure to maybe some different uh, things culturally uh, that you'd have that could be interesting for some RP. And then when you go out into the blighted lands. I would encourage GMs to reskin monsters so that you get a sense yeah. of wonder. It's, uh, you can't mm-hmm. just immediately go, that's what that is, that's what that is, this is how I defeat it. So things look different here, and there gives you a chance for people to capture that, well, what the heck is this? What do I do? Is this, a, is this easy? Is this bad? Do I use fire? Do I use lightning? Do I, you know, what is it? Uh, and so that was kind of my purpose, is to keep people on their toes. That's great. That sounds, that sounds really exciting. Uh, you know, and I also like the fact that it actually comes from your your own actual experience in the deserts of the Middle East to inspire that. And I feel like you know, I feel like the best stuff comes from you know real world experiences like yeah. that. And I was seeing a discussion online a couple of weeks back of you know someone having an argument about like lighting rules, and 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 they said, well, back in the day we had an argument. Well, we went outside. We went outside and I held a candle and I walked a hundred yards away and I said, can you see this? And that was like, <laughs> okay, now that's the rule in our game. Yeah. And, and sometimes you, you lose sight of the fact that we're trying to, we're trying to make something concrete and simulate the actual real world in some ways of like what it would feel like for real. Um, and it's, it's, it's the, be- the best stuff I think comes from those physical experiences. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, that's, we've done that, Dan, I think in a lot of our, our stuff as well, both both in terms of you know in this show we used to we used to it's called wandering DMs. We used to wander around a lot, and then that was the there's, plan. There's some old videos of us uh, exploring the world and yeah. talking about how it would yeah, inspire D and D content, and uh, yeah, yeah, that kind of got cut short, but yeah, but we still love it. We still love it. <laughs> that was the plan. Um, I would maybe love to. Sorry, go maybe on. Maybe it should be uh, DMs in layer now. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> that's good. <laughs> that's very good. Yeah. yeah. Great. You won't want to you rebrand your show. I'm just going to hire Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember my dad. Uh, my dad and I might have been in Sajkant or something, and I was playing Melf, and I was like, "Well, I grab my potion of whatever and drink it, and I should be able to do that and move or attack or do something like that." And he's like, "You get one action in the." And I said, "But I meal around yeah. a really long time." He's like, "Okay." So he hit me with like a messenger bag kind of thing, like you know. <laughs> shoulder strap. He said, all right, get three different, you know, I had three potions. And he's like, all right, get three different cans of soup. Handles cans of soup, right? So I put them in the bag. <laughs> like, it, or he put them in the bag and then he handed it to me. He's like, okay, now pull up the cream of chicken, right? Tomato <laughs> 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 soup. Chicken noodle soup. Damn it. That's, <laughs> nice That's great. That's great. That is great. Yep. I actually, uh, we have a video here on our channel where I was playing with, I was trying to answer the question of how big is a potion? Like how much liquid yeah. is in a potion? And so I started doing these experiments of different sizes and seeing like, how, how long does it take me to drink this much liquid? <laughs> and he, and he winds up with it all down in his shirt by the end. 
Two, two weeks back, Greg Spencer was telling us about he was in the very first ad- adventure ever with Dave Arneson, and and the very first encounter, the very first adventure with Dave Arneson was a black pudding, which is a pretty nasty monster. And so he took him into the his laundry room apparently, and 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 said, and something jumps out, shut off the lights. And then when he turned the lights back up, whatever position the players were in, that's what their characters were. Some, <laughs> some had ducked behind the dryer, and some were just standing there witless, and somebody had run out of the room. <laughs> great. It's great. A little bit it. of that is really yeah. nice. A little bit of that is super, super I, nice. I'd love to dig into like the, the details of your, yeah. of your design stuff, Luke. Yeah. Uh, and specifically, like, like let's talk about like when you're, when you're actually building like a keyed location, you know, whether that's a, a, you know, a dungeon or a castle or whatever. Yeah. Because um, this is interesting, we were talking to, um, or we weren't, you were, Dan, I was just listening. Uh, I'm afraid I, I missed this one. We were talking about uh, Thomasburg, and we were surprised to realize how much of that content was just generated through tables. Yeah. It was just procedurally generated and just written down. And so I'm kind of curious where you land on that in terms of, are you intentionally placing stuff? I, th- I think Dan, when Dan and I do stuff, we kind of do a like maybe 50-50 mm-hmm. or 60-40 mm-hmm. split of like intentionally place some things, but then let the dice throw some chaos. Do you let the dice throw chaos into your design, or is it all yeah, with intent? It is with intent. There will be some locations that I allow uh, random stuff, but for the most part, I try to think it through like, okay, especially because I'm, I'm trying to make it manageable and designing for mm. convention play, right? That's true. Like, yeah, yeah. You need custom. a better control. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need to. Am I? If they do this, or, you know, if they're sure they can go this way because they didn't figure out this puzzle or this clue or whatever. So that's going to beat them up a little bit more. It's going to use some of the resources that they're going to be a little bit shorter when they do get to round two or whatever it is. Or, hey, they took a smarter way. They're going to have more stuff left, et cetera. So I kind of have to be a little bit more determined there. Now, writing, uh, working on Hardish and Tufi, which is coming up, uh, Matt and I decided to use a little bit more randomness uh, because there's some areas where you're underground and exploring uh, and there's no reason there's no reason you can't just randomly generate the town goes this way. Here's an encounter, right? And you can spend as long as you need to doing that before you accomplish whatever goal you're, you're going towards. So uh, it really depends on what you're designing for. And for me, I've been much more, um, much more, uh, you know, I've dictated what's there purposefully um, because I'm trying to balance it. Gotcha. I noticed that, um, and of course, you know, very similar to our show, right? So, so the Wandering DM show, we try to straddle all editions of D and D. We we have a great love for all of it, and we want to see people playing whatever edition they are happy with. And so, from day to day, we will be talking about, you know, like again with Greg Spence and like stuff that existed prior to D and D or Dave Wesley's uh, Bronstein or something like that, original D and D, and then we'll be talking or playing fifth edition. Um, and so I notice, and you try to uh, make the same management there. Um, and I notice that your adventures on uh, Drive Through RPG are branded Fifth Edition. And you know, and we're you can't make everybody happy all the time. Again, right? And so there's going to be some people who are like you've got to be playing my preferred edition and nothing else. Wait, for your designing, at what point does system become an issue? Like, do you sit down and you're like I'm designing adventure for Fifth Edition right off the bat? Or is there like a systemless stage, and then rules get added later on? What? How much? When does? When do you decide on what system numbers are getting entered? Right. So for me, I would design with Advanced Dungeons and Dragons in mind uh, when I was when I was doing this. So I, I wasn't really 
a third edition player. I mean, I, I did, but uh, it wasn't, you know, I could play it, but it wasn't, I wasn't as familiar with it. So uh, I designed kind of first edition, but fifth edition, I think, has significant differences. A great game, but just different. It's a different flavor. It's, it's different pacing, different power levels. And if you try to design a first, what's challenging in first edition may not work. It may not translate. So mm-hmm. I think I, I, trans, I, I kind of think in two different ways. I'm either going to be, be old school, which could work for AD&D, yes, uh, Swords and Wizardry, whatever it is, you know, all the rich clones, uh, you know, potentially DCC, or I don't know about Mork Borg. I've heard about that game. That seems like a fun one that I want to <laughs> A lot of people like out. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it seems interesting. I bought it. <laughs> I bought it. I just have to read it. So yeah. uh, I thought it was cool. But I do have some first edition stuff that is it's first edition on purpose. And, um, you know, I don't know if this one's also available. It's a Okrim Adventure written 1E that is available. I wrote it with oh. Jeff Delanian. It's oh, a really? Trouble at Lakshan Eva. Uh, and that uh, I, I recruited Jeff. I was like, hey, we haven't written together. Do you have some time? He's like, okay, I could probably work on something short with you. Uh, because I had this really cool map by Alyssa Fadden of the uh, of uh, the Grand Geneva Hotel where the Carrycon is, and so we uh, did I get it right? So we we meet at the palace of the dwarf, <laughs> we meet at the palace of the uh, dwarf king in uh, the Wyvern Peaks, uh, Wyvern Peak Mountains in Okrim, and uh, specifically on Mount Gigantor, uh, something has happened. You have to go up there and explore, and of course. Uh, the cover kind of gives it away. There's a thunder frost dragon there, which is something I created uh, a special Okram beastie. That is, uh, it's basically a cross between a blue and a white dragon, and it's very nasty because it breathes white lightning on you. And if you fail your save, uh, you become coated in a sheet of ice and are basically paralyzed for a little while until you can break the sheet of ice and then fight. And of course, you take more damage if you're in armor because electricity and cold is really bad. You're wearing metal armor. So uh, that was a lot of fun. Uh, great, great little module sets available in 1E. And then, uh, with, and Jeff Tulanian is a super talented writer. If you haven't talked to Jeff Tulanian, you should. He's awesome. Great. Uh, and then I, uh, he does Hyperborea. The, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and then I did Nightfall, which is also a first edition game. It's like Knigget Fall. So, um, and that is based on. Uh, if you've seen it there, that's Jeff Butler art on the cover. It's based was inspired by Schutzke Sturm and Sorcery, which was a chainmail scenario, chainmail slash tractic scenario. It was run oh. in the seventies at some point, and basically one side is briefed. They're playing chainmail. Hey, you're the orcs and a wizard yeah, with a troll, and you're going to do something. And then the other person is briefed, briefed as if they are the Germans at a tactics game saying, hey, there's some, some partisans are over here. And there's been some sort of weird, you know, like weird, you know, subhuman, you know, peoples over here. And you got to, you know, and of course they meet and it's <laughs> German army from World War II fighting orcs and a troll and a wizard. Uh, and so this is a cross genre game where you're chasing a uh, necromancer and somehow get transported into World War, a uh, very similar to World War II wow. or, uh, place. And you have to figure out how to diffuse the situation and get back to your, to your home plane. So, uh, if you, yeah, if you don't have a picture of that, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, I, know, I don't have a picture of yeah. that ready. Yeah. Sorry about right. that. It's okay. well, that's right. We're doing, we're doing it live. <laughs> but, uh, that was going to be the art for GaryCon 13. Uh, but I realized a troll ripping 
uh, a Nazi's arm off and beating him with it is probably not family friendly. I realize that. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so sometimes we need quickly. to double check ourselves. Yeah, sometimes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's good. It's not that it's bad. It's good. It's just yeah. not not family friendly. Yeah. I'll, I'll throw up a comment here. Our viewer Joe Bing uh, a couple minutes ago was yeah. saying, I reckon before Luke even brought it up, he in the chat he was saying, I recommend Nightfall. It does sound like a rousing adventure. Actually, awesome. that does sound great. Awesome. Yeah. Thank you, Joe. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, so that, yeah, that was that was cool. <laughs> that that is a, that is a fun adventure. And uh, my friend Chris Clark from Inner City Games has uh, been very very helpful to me for many years, uh, editing, giving me suggestions, reading, co-authoring uh, several of these. So uh, another really nice guy and. Uh, has a lot of product out there. So if you haven't talked to Chris Clark, he worked with my dad on Legendary Adventures a bunch. Right, right. Um, right. Yeah. Also a very, very good guy. I wanted to give him a shout out. Well, we are about three minutes left. Uh, any, any, any last thoughts that we wanted to share about uh, about your work, Luke, or about uh, Gary Khan? Anything that anything that we missed that you want to make sure we get out? Yeah, I think we covered it. Uh, we covered a lot of ground here, and I think we did a, a good job on it. So. Uh, you know, I'm going to continue producing uh, materials here. So if you're interested, you know, uh, follow me on social media at Luke Gygax, uh, Instagram and Twitter uh, and then Facebook. I don't know. I don't know how you find people on Facebook, but there's not. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty easy to find. So you can find me. Uh, come to GaryCon. We're doing some neat stuff. I mean, part of the fun of GaryCon is designing all the cool swag this year. We, we're doing a deck of many things. Uh, which features art from a bunch of artists at Gary Khan. So we've got, you know, Errol Otis, uh, Jeff Easley, uh, uh, you know, Jeff Butler, you know, a ton of people, uh, Charles Urbach, uh, Jeff D. Uh, I said Errol Otis already. I love Errol Otis. Uh, <laughs> we've got a really cool deck of many, uh, deck of many things that we're doing. So anyways, have fun. Awesome. Go to GaryCon.com. Peruse our merchandise. Please come to GaryCon. If you can, attend virtually. If you can't get there physically. And uh, Iman, have fun. Awesome. That's great. Uh, so we do have in the uh, YouTube description of the show, we've got a link to uh, the tabletop events, GaryCon registration system, and uh, it's one of the best. It's based, you know, my, one of my favorite conventions when I get a chance to go. Uh, and we also have a link to uh, Luke's storefront on Drive Through RPG, which is called Gaxworks. That has the uh, the various adventures we've been talking about. So take a look at that. Also, I think uh, I think, uh, and you also on Twitch, right? There's a Gary Khan channel on oh, yeah. Twitch that has a bunch of live okay. stuff. And I think there's a new show yeah. starting tonight, right? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Very shortly after I get off of here, I'm going to be jumping into the Gax Pack. So the Gax Pack uh, is a wonderful show. It features uh, DM Jason Charles Miller, uh, cast B Dave Walters. Uh, Vivid Vivka, Eric Campbell, uh, Eliza uh, Pearl, and uh, uh, Adriana Cazador. I'm going to be guesting in a couple episodes here as we do our March to Gary Con. So we'll be every Sunday from 1 to 4 p.m. Pacific, 4 to 7 Eastern. You can join us on twitch.tv Gary Con Live. And of course, we'll be streaming at Gary Con too. So don't miss awesome. out. You can tune in there. That's great. So, so after this show, go go and look at go follow uh, uh, yeah. Luke uh, uh, role actually live role playing on on Twitch. Fantastic, that should be great. Fantastic. So I'm so glad uh, I'm so glad we could uh, we could uh, talk that up today. 
Great. So viewers, definitely um, look for all those links in the description of the video right here uh, or on the on the YouTube description uh, or in the, the notes of the podcast if you're listening to this on the podcast. Um, and, uh, yeah, if you have any any questions, uh, any any uh, general comments about our uh, return to the convention scene, uh, you want to chat about that, uh, yeah. let us know. Leave some comments for us. Um, hopefully that will uh, be a topic that I think we'll I, I think we can expect to be returning to that a few times in the Definitely. in the in the coming months. So uh, uh, let us know your thoughts so we can yeah. uh, we can incorporate that into our discussion. It's really nice to be able to get together with people that you've been missing <laughs> for for quite for quite some time, <laughs> possibly for years. Now, <laughs> and of course, if you're new to the show, remember you can like, follow, and subscribe to us, the Wandering DMs, uh, or the, the the sometimes Wandering DMs. On we're on YouTube and Twitch and Twitter and Facebook and GitHub and TikTok, and we do have the handle Wandering DMs on all of those sites. So look for us there for updates on other awesome guests uh, like Luke uh, when he comes back next time, hopefully. Uh, absolutely, uh, and I have just one. <laughs> you definitely one, indeed. <laughs> uh, if uh, if you prefer to listen to these shows in audio only format, you can get those podcasts at our website at wanderingdams.com. You can also find them on all the various podcast carriers like iTunes and Stitcher and Google Podcasts and probably a dozen others that I'm not thinking of. Uh, if you are listening to this show right now on one of those carriers, please take a moment to rate and review us on that site. Uh, that helps other users of that site find our show, and we really appreciate it. Yeah, we definitely do. Uh, of course, big thanks to our patrons who support the show uh, and everything we do here at Wandering Dams. If you'd like to join them, please visit patreon.com slash wanderingdams. You'll see our different tiers. You get access to our private Discord server, monthly behind-the-scenes stuff, polls and surveys, and after-party chat that we'll be holding on Discord live video to continue the talk in about 10 minutes or so. Um, uh, and you'll be... You'll be here, <laughs> right, 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 right here, right here, uh, doing a, a TDR uh, tomorrow night, uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, uh, where we'll be finishing up our game of Kids on Bikes. So come check that out. Awesome. And I'll be back uh, late Thursday night uh, for more uh, Dan Plays games from the Elder Times playing D&D Stronghold, uh, trying to trying to fight back from those gas spores that destroyed my city. Friggin' gas spores! Come on! What's up? <laughs> Uh, and of course don't forget that we are here live uh, every Sunday at 1pm Eastern Time so we hope you'll join us again next week for another thought-provoking discussion. Thanks to Luke Gygax. Thanks guys, I appreciate it. Hey. We'll see you then everyone. Bye-bye. <laughs>